Hello, everybody. It's Pastor Adam. Sharing with you something that I think is pretty interesting. So, uh, before we get into that, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Father, we are so humbled about what you have created and the beauty that you have in the midst of a lot of things that go on and turmoil and stress and busyness and issues. We we have to pause and acknowledge you and thank you and honor you. And Father, as we talk about things again today and we look at your word, we ask for your grace and mercy and patience again with us and help and guide us to understand, uh, to have a greater understanding, a revelation of what your word means for us today, now. And we thank you for this. In the mighty name of your Son, Yeshua Yamashiach, Jesus the Messiah, amen. Well, I've, uh, I want to go over something today that I think a lot of us uh, at times in our lives maybe were puzzled by. I think from as early on as we can remember. And I'm talking about, you know, this time of year, we're coming into the season we call Christmas, that we've been raised in that's been called Christmas. And it's about the birth of Jesus. And I'm going to be going over a lot of scriptures today because uh, I think a lot of us know this. That's where the real answers lie for whatever questions we may have. But, but I also want to encourage us. There's, there's many times a lot of uh, research and study that is needed for us to fully comprehend what Scripture is telling us for the questions we may have. And we're going to be looking at the New Testament and the Old Testament to get uh, an answer that is right there for us about when was Jesus born. And I hope today we're not like uh, thinking I'm coming at this legalistically to ruin anybody's joy of this time of year. And, and that's not my intention at all. My intention is to um, reveal that and encourage us that the things that may bother us or that we have questions of, might not bother us, but we're just curious, lies within scripture, all of it. And specifically, this time of year, we've been told and raised that this is when Jesus was born, in December, in the Gregorian calendar. But I'm telling you, the Word of God will show us that that is not accurate. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't participate in uh, the festivities because I think we're all well aware. Because of Jesus, this time of year around the globe, is probably the best example of what God wanted humans to be like. And so that, you know, the reason for the season is this uh, changing of our character, our morals, our ethics seems to be at our best during this time. Mainly, I think it's because this, this event teaches us that it's better to give then receive. We, we tend to be a little bit more understanding, a little bit uh, more graceful, a little bit more honoring, um, a little bit slower to get angry, um, 
you know, more of the better qualities, more of the fruit of the spirit come out than the opposite, I guess, would be a safe way to say that. And so, you know, I just want that to be understood. I'm, I'm just trying to get us to understand. And I think, too, when, when uh, people are at a part or stage of their life where they're questioning scripture and they're questioning, questioning about the unseen realm, the, the, the God that nobody can see or hear, uh, they, they get frustrated when they can see in Scripture some things that many Christians won't admit, like this instance about when was Jesus born. And so uh, that's the real reason I want to go through this, because I think when we can admit and reveal some truths that you know, intellectual type people find and then go, how come you guys are so like, you, you know, you will call, they'll say you just follow blindly, even though you know in the word that it says this and that. So in this case, it's about the birth of Jesus. And so that's my, my intention today is to just, let's look at scripture because it shows us, but we have to do a little study. We have to do a little background digging and uh, research. So, okay, so enough of that. Let's, let's get right into this. Now, I'm looking at Luke chapter one, starting with verse five, and I'm gonna read verse five through 13. Here's what scripture tells us. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well on in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Okay. Now, I contend this is the original root, if you will, to help us in finding out the birth of Jesus, the, the date of Jesus, or this is like the foundation to understand when the Messiah was born. Right there, they're talking in there about Zechariah and his duty in the temple. This all ties into when the parents of John the Baptist, Zechariah and Elizabeth, are revealed through the angel Gabriel telling the angel's telling the father of John the Baptist, Zechariah. Okay, so let's read a few more scriptures. I mean, just hold on to this because you have to remember this to see as we do some study to see the tie-in. Here's more scriptures recorded in Luke to continue our journey. This is Luke chapter 1, verses 23 and 24. When Zechariah's time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. Okay, all right. 
So this tells us that when Zechariah's duty at the temple was complete, he went back home, and that is when he and his wife, Elizabeth, conceived their only child now in their elderly years. And we're going to know him as John the Baptist. But they all, it also says here that they kept this quiet for five months. Now, if you think in the natural, like just in our day, that, that makes a lot of sense because it coincides most of the time with the time in pregnancy when you are not able anymore to hide the, the belly, the bump that starts to show in a woman's belly that there's a baby in her. So to me, that just makes a lot of sense. All right, let's, okay, so let's continue on with our research as a new development is going to be revealed as we continue on reading in the book of Luke. Now we're in Luke chapter one, still in chapter one. This is all recorded in Luke chapter one, but a few verses later, verses starting with verse 26. It's verses 26 to 31. Scripture tells us, Luke writes down, in the sixth month, of sixth month of what? It's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who's a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to Mary, Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Okay, whoa, wow. Here's the, the big meeting with the angel Gabriel informing Mary that she will birth the Messiah, Jesus, or Yeshua. Okay, let's continue on now, and continuing on in Luke chapter 1, going to verse 32 through 36. The angel says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, Well, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. All right. Now, right at the end of that discourse right there, the angel Gabriel includes Zacharias and Elizabeth's miracle pregnancy, which we know will be referred to as John the Baptist. And the angel tells us that Elizabeth is in her sixth month. Now make note of that. I'm, I'm, you know, we're saying this a lot, but make note of that. It's a very important to note that there is a six-month separation. There will be a six-month separation between Elizabeth's pregnancy and Mary's pregnancy. Elizabeth's six months ahead of Mary. In other words, John the Baptist is six months older than Jesus. Or John the Baptist will be born six months before Jesus will be born. Okay, so we've kind of been beating that dead horse, that information of the six months between the births of Jesus, between John the Baptist and then Jesus. 
Okay, now, our journey takes us to the Old Testament. We need to go to the Old Testament, get the next portion of information to help us figure out the birth dates of both John the Baptist and Jesus. Now, there, we were given a clue of to why we're going to the Old Testament. It was right at the beginning when we read the first scripture, Luke chapter 1, verse 5, right? When we're told that Zacharias was a priest from the division of Abijah. Remember, Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist. So we have to go to the book of First Chronicles to get the understanding regarding the division of the priests to fulfill the duty of their assignment to take care of the temple. And we get this piece of this puzzle as it ties in with what we just read in Luke chapter 1. Now, some of these names that I have to read here in Chronicles are hard. So if I don't pronounce them right, please give me grace and mercy. Now, I will do my best. Now let's look at 1 Chronicles. It's specifically in 1 Chronicles chapter 24. Here's verse 3. Here's what the Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles 24, 3. With the help of Zodak, a descendant of Eleazar, and Ahimelech, a descendant of Ithamar, David separated them into divisions for their appointed order of ministering. Now this is, so King David is giving instructions on setting up the, the Levitical order to take care, the Levites to take care of the temple. All right, so here, going now forward is to 1 Chronicles chapter 24, verses 7 through 19. We're going to get the initial instructions of how this duty, their duty of watching the temple will take place. The first lot fell to Jerahib, the second to Jedidiah, the third to Harim, the fourth to Seorim, the fifth to Melchiah, the sixth to Mahadim, the seventh to Hakaz, the eighth to Abijah, that's the one for Zechariah, by the way, the eighth to Abijah, continuing on, the ninth to Jeshua, the tenth to Shechaniah, the eleventh to Elashib, the 12th to Jakim, the 13th to Hapa, the 14th to Deshabayah, the 15th to Belga, the 16th to Emir, the 17th to Hizir, the 18th to Hapizis, the 19th to Pethaeah, the 20th to Jehekzekel, the 21st to Jakin, the 22nd to Jamel, the 23rd to Deliah, and the 24th to Meaziah. Okay, this was their appointed order of ministering when they entered the temple of the Lord, according to the regulations prescribed for them by their forefather Aaron, as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded him. All right, so, amen. And I kind of butchered some of those names. All right, so, what we just read, that is listed the order of the priestly assignment to take care of the temple. And it's this order of assignment that has the key as we begin to research and search for our figuring out when Jesus was born. Or another way to look at this is that John the Baptist and Jesus are kind of interlocked, if you will, to determine when Jesus was born since they're separated by six months. Okay, so regardless of, you know, when we're talking about how this begins, it's not following, it doesn't matter when the civil Jewish calendar started, which if you know anything about the Hebrews, they have these two calendars, the civil calendar and the religious calendar. The civil Jewish calendar starts the new year in the fall. 
right? But the Rosh Hashanah, or as it's also referred to as Yom Teruah, and it's in the Hebrew month of Teshri. That's always in the fall when the civil calendar starts. But the religious calendar, which begins with the month of Nisan, or it used to be referred to as Abib before the Hebrews, like when they left the, when they left Egypt, it was the month of Abib. But when they got captured by the Babylons, Babylonians and spent 70 years then, and when they returned after that 70 years of captivity, they now referred to the new month, to the first month as Nisan. This month, the religious calendar beginning of Nisan starts the counting of the months for the religious Hebrew calendar, which is when God gave them this calendar when they were in, in Egypt getting ready to depart with what? The first Passover feast, you know, recorded in the book of Exodus. And it is the Hebrews' religious calendar, okay? And the, the feasts even, there's seven feasts of the Lord and the priestly duty periods that we have to get an understanding of for when the Hebrew priests served in the temple at Jerusalem, which if you don't get this, then you're not going to understand when the Messiah was actually born. So each priestly division had to serve for one week at the temple. And it was during the feasts of pilgrimage that all 24 divisions of priests had to serve in the temple. Now, what are the feasts of pilgrimage? That's just a fancy way of saying the three times a year, the three main festivals, right? The three main feasts of God. He gives directions on this. It's Passover, Shavuot, and Tabernacles. Springtime, okay? When, when, and so in Passover is what? When Jesus was crucified, rose, and resurrected with those three spring feasts. Then after that comes what? Th seven weeks and a day, 50 days later, is Shavuot or Pentecost. That's another of the pilgrimage feasts. And then the last one is in the fall, tabernacles, also referred to as Sukkot, you know, or the ingathering. And it's during these three main feasts that instruction we just read in Chronicles said that Aaron got the instructions from God himself that all 24 divisions of priests had to serve during that week as well. So as we look at the time that Zechariah, remember he's the father of John the Baptist, right? He's a priest in the order of, of, of Abijab. He's in the eight, he'd, he'd be serving on the eighth his turn would be the eighth cycle because we just read about all this in Chronicles and in Luke 1, getting introduced, right, to this, Luke 1. And then he couldn't return to his wife until his duty was up at the temple. Now I'm going to show you that his duty, he had to spend two weeks at the temple because of the Feast of Shavuot. So I want to go through this in 1 Chronicles chapter 24, verses 7 through 19. It'd play out like this. The first week duty would be Jeharib, Jeharib, right? This is the month of Nisan is beginning. So he does the first week. He's done. Then the line of 
Jediah would do the second week of Nisan. We're, we're in the springtime now. The third week is Passover. So Jediah and then all the other 23 lineage of priests would serve at the temple. That's the third week in the month of Nisan. Then the fourth week, the last week of the month of Nisan, we'd go to Harim. If you're following along in Korean, now Harim would do this, his service for a week, which is now the fourth week of the, the, the new year, the, the religious year. Then the, the next would be Saurim. It's beginning the month of Iyar, the next month in the Jewish calendar, he'd be doing his service. Then Melkajah, then Mijamin, then Hakaz. And so far we've gotten through seven of the priests, lines of priests, but they've served eight weeks, right? Because in Passover week, they all had to serve. So we've completed two months of serving in the temple. Started with when the first month of the Hebrew religious calendar, Nisan, so we finished it up. Next comes the line of Abijah, which is Zechariah. And it's the first week of the month of Sivan, the third month. Okay? So we're literally in, you know, it starts in like March or April. So we're, we're into either May or June in our calendar. It'd be like May or June. He serves for a week, but then he has to serve the next week, why? Because it's one of the major pilgrimage feasts of Shavuot or referred to as Pentecost. He and then the 23 other guys would also serve because it's a main feast, all right? And then he can leave the ninth week, I'm, I'm sorry, the 11th week after the beginning of this cycle of serving, which is smack dab in the middle of the month of the third month of Sivan, that's when Zechariah gets back home to be with his wife Elizabeth and they conceive their child, their baby boy that is going to be known as John the Baptist. So, you know, you can bounce through this, those rest of those names. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to fast forward to the sixth month, six months later, six months later. We're in the Hebrew month of Kislev. We just read in Luke that Elizabeth is in her sixth month, right? When, when, right? With John the Baptist, when we are told that Mary will become impregnated by the Holy Spirit, Mary's immaculate conception, right? And it's then the, that's the, Ninth month in the Jewish calendar, which coincides with December in our Gregorian calendar. All right? Now, you bounce ahead, you know, 280 days from when Mary conceived. Okay? That's when Mary Mary's pregnancy would end. So again, we're reviewing. Elizabeth conceived John the Baptist at the end of the third month, Sivan. That's when Zechariah was able to leave the temple and go home and they conceived their miracle baby called John, John the Baptist. 
Six months later, right? We were told in Luke 126, Elizabeth within her sixth month, which puts us at in the middle to the end of the ninth month in the Hebrew calendar called Kislev. That's when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and Mary conceived. It's all recorded in Luke chapter one. So Jesus was born approximately 220, 280 days later. Why do I say that? Because that's the normal period of human gestation, which brings us to the seventh month, which is Tishri, which is the fall festivals, the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is actually pointed between the days of 15 to 21 Tishri. So, folks, it's after going through all that, I believe it's, it's wise to conclude that Jesus was born in the fall in the Hebrew month of Tishri around the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, okay, I, this of course does not lead to an exact dating of Jesus's birthday. In fact, you know, I'd be remiss in not mentioning a couple more ambiguities we gotta talk about. See, since the priestly division was set up for 24 sets of priestly service, you know, one, one per week, well, they'd have to serve in the temple a second time begin that whole cycle again about six months later. And that boils down to, honestly, a second possibility for Jesus's birth, which would be approximately six months later, which would put it not in the fall, but in the springtime, around the month of Nisan, right? During the spring festivals, around the time of the Passover feast. And also, don't forget, that a leap year lies, if a leap year lies in this period we just discussed, that respective year would have 13 months, the 13th month called Adar. So Jesus' birth would have been one month earlier. Now, having said all that, I still believe more evidence points to a fall birth of Jesus. For instance, if we look at, you know, Climatic reasons, it's hardly possible that Jesus was born at the end of December in Israel. Primarily because, primarily because it's too cold in Bethlehem at the end of December to find shepherds with their flocks of sheep out in the country during nighttime. That's just not, that doesn't happen. It's, it does happen in the fall. It does happen in the spring. There are ancient records, folks, that that kind of say that December 25th is the date of conception for Jesus. And again, if that's the case, the period of human gestation is 280 days, which would make September 29th the date of the birth of the Messiah, the Son of God, which coincides with the Feast of Tabernacles. You know, John 1.14 says, the word was made flesh and dwelt and tabernacled among us. You know, it's for that reason and, and others that I just believe Scripture points to the Feast of Tabernacles, which fittingly symbolizes the dwelling of God among men. I hope this, you know, doesn't confuse you. I certainly hope and pray it doesn't make you upset. I want you to embrace and celebrate uh, what's going on in the world the month of December about the birth of Jesus. There's, there's no stopping that train, even though it might, you know, it's not accurate.
he really isn't born December 25th. That's for sure. It's either the fall or the springtime, according to the word of God. And that's, but I, I don't think there's any way possible we're gonna stop the momentum that's been gained over the last couple of centuries about December 25th. And so we will embrace it. We will honor the Messiah and we will bring goodwill towards men, peace on earth. And I do hope and pray that whoever hears this understands how much God loves us because he sent his son to die for us. God bless you all. Until next time, goodbye.